0: Good afternoon, everyone. It is St. Patrick's Day, the 17th of March, and I want to welcome you all again to our weekly uh, webcast, videocast, broadcast from the Missouri Funeral Directors and Bombers Association here in Jefferson City, Missouri. A couple things off the top. First off, uh, if you haven't seen it already, all of the convention registration information is out there on the website. Uh, if you did not get the email or can't find it just go to mo funeral that's mofuneral.org org and you'll see it all there and you have all the ability to sign up for everything right there and you'll get to see all the all the uh, synopsis of all the different classes we're having all the speakers that are going on and of course the trade show and our social events as well including the uh, baseball game which is uh, already and it's just been it's just been open a couple uh, a couple of days now uh, that it's been online and it is already selling out fast so if you're interested in that you're going to want to get that information in as soon as possible also this is the last week of the spring break for the legislative session. So the uh, uh, senators and reps will be back next week uh, doing work on everything. And hopefully you were able to contact a senator or rep this week to talk to them about issues that you're interested in, including whether or not you have any particular feelings regarding the arts examination, to which I was getting a lot of complaints about this week. People calling up, complaining about the arts examination. Once again, how they feel, that the questions that they were being asked have nothing to do with what they need to know to be a funeral director in Missouri. So if you have a feeling on that, there's still time to do that this week if you know your folks. But even next week, you can always call, send an email, uh, let them know how you feel about that. Issue right there uh, Monday is going to be a little busy over at the Capitol Though uh, because apparently There is going to be at least a couple uh, Demonstrations and potential Protests uh, Or maybe it won't reach the level of protest But uh, there is a couple groups over there On Monday I believe there is a Group that is supporting Transgender rights that's appearing to show Up and a group that opposes Transgender rights uh, that is Planning to show up so uh Might be a little hectic over there on Monday, but uh, that doesn't mean you can't email them or leave a message and have them that. And of course, if if you do talk to uh, any of the legislatures or their representatives, their staff folks, their legislative assistants, and they want more information on this, just have them give us a call at our office or have them Track down Sam Licklider, who is our lobbyist over at the Capitol. Everybody over there knows Sam Licklider, Uh, so if you tell him that's the person for them to contact, he will stop by, or if we need to, I'll head over there whenever it is appropriate. Okay, well, the topic today is a little bit different than what we've talked about in the past. Uh, One thing I always want to uh, let everybody know every now and then is that, well, attorneys have to be a little bit careful when they're doing a broadcast or speaking at a meeting or anything, or even writing an article to uh, give out what people might think is legal advice for them. And You got to be careful about that. Uh, anything that looks like legal advice sometimes, because people's situations can be different, okay? Uh, even though you might There's there's nothing wrong with stating here's what the law is. This is what the law says. This is my interpretation of the law. But you got to watch out for giving out things that people might think are uh, legal advice to me because, well, first off, I may not be your attorney. You may have another attorney out there that uh, wants to talk about that, but also because uh, everybody's situation can be different. So it's very rare that you're going to hear me say out, I'm going to give you some legal advice today. Well, guess what? I'm going to give you some legal advice today. <laughs> and this applies to all of you. And I don't care what your situation is. It applies to me. It applies to your neighbors. It applies to everybody. And that is please read what you sign before you sign it. If you ever have any kind of documents, if you ever have any kind of thing that you have to sign or agree to, please read it carefully first. Make sure you understand it. If you don't have uh, understand it, ask questions. This applies very much to your customers uh, your consumers and your families when they're doing pre-need. I always urge people to read all the pre-need documents carefully, ask questions if they don't understand it. That's always very important, but this applies to the funeral homes and funeral directors as well. Please be sure. Now we all have done it. I know uh, you, you've been in a rush. you uh, you, you need to get something out the door right away. Of course, we all have to deal with those things on the Internet where you have to scroll down and accept all <laughs> accept all the terms and conditions. And if you don't accept all the terms and conditions, you know, you, you can't buy the new egg beater off of the uh, website or whatever it is that you're looking for. But nevertheless, it is always a good idea to read that. And why this is being brought up today is because I've had uh, two, not just one, but two uh, funeral homes call me up over the past couple of weeks. Uh, concerned about their arrangements, their agreements, their contracts with the waste pickup company that they use. Now, um, as you know, I'm sure that all waste from the embalming room or anything uh, from the embalming room must under Missouri law either be sterilized or buried excuse me, incinerated and then buried. So it's sterilized or incinerated and buried. That's the law is. Now, of course, most funeral homes these days use a third-party company that comes in and picks up their waste, and they take it off to be uh, sterilized and processed properly. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's That's a perfectly good way to do things, as long as that company is licensed, has all the proper permits. And so that's The first thing I let everybody always know, if you're the person that's dealing with an outside company that's picking up your waste from your embalming room, make sure you get copies of all of their permits and uh, documentation that shows that they're actually licensed and permitted to do that. Now I'm sure most of the companies all have that available and are happy to provide that to you, but you always want to make sure you have a copy of that in your file because if anything goes wrong, you want to be able to show people that you did your due diligence and that you checked to make sure that these people uh, have the ability, right, and uh, a statutory regulatory authority to do what it is they're doing. So do that. But the issue that we've been faced with by at least two funeral homes here has to do with the contracts that at least one of these companies had people sign. And I'm not going to name the company because I've only seen the contract from this one company. And it may be that the other companies have the exact same provisions. So I don't want to pick on one company. But I do want to uh, explain here was what the problem was. The funeral homes, both of them had a contractual relationship with this company and they wanted to get out of it. They wanted to use somebody else. They thought it was too expensive. They didn't think, or they didn't think the service was good enough or whatever. And they ran into the problem of the fine print in the uh, several pages of the contract. And that's why I urge you to read them carefully because here is the language. It's the same contract for both funeral homes. Um, Here is the language that was concerning. Okay. I'm going to take my glasses off here. I'm going to read to you word for word so nobody can say I didn't read it properly. And this is on the terms and pricing provisions of the contract for the waste removal company. It says, subject to the provisions below, the term of this agreement shall be 60 months from the effective date. That's five years. So you're signing this contract You're saying that you're going to use this company for five years. That's a long time. Um, And then it says this agreement shall automatically renew for successive terms equal to the original term. So that's another five years. Automatically goes another five years unless either party has given 60 days notice in writing during the six month period prior to the renewal date. Of its desire to terminate this agreement, so that's a fairly narrow window. It has to be at least sixty days before uh, the renewal date, but still with, with with but no sooner than six months before the end of the uh, renewal date. Okay, uh, so you've got a window there of just a couple months, a few months, uh, where if you wanted to terminate this at the end of the five year period, you would be able to terminate it under the terms of this provision of the contract. So that's uh that's one issue there. It's a five-year term on this one here. Anyway, pretty long and it automatically renews. And if you don't pay attention and all of a sudden you realize, oops, uh, this renews at the end of the month. Well, according to the terms of this, it's too late to cancel it because that's not a 60 days notice before the end of the term. And that's what it says right there. Uh, Prior to the renewal date of the, of the desire to terminate the agreement. So uh, if you do have one of these make, and you're uh, thinking that you ever want to terminate it, make sure you mark big on the calendar. Here's the renewal date. Here's the six months before the renewal date. Here's the 60 days before the end of the renewal date. And this is the period of time that we better give written notice if you want to get out of it. So that's something there. Um, then also in this same paragraph, it talks about pricing. And it says this company reserves the right to adjust the contract price, to account for operational changes as implements, to comply with documented changes in the law, to cover increases in cost of fuel, insurance, residue disposal, or otherwise address cost escalation. This gives this company the right to, on its own, raise the price it charges you if they feel their costs are going up or if they have more regular regulatory or um, increases uh, to comply with the changes in the law, cost of fuel, insurance and all those things. Of course, fuel's been going up insurance. I'm sure for many companies is going up, um, but the otherwise address cost escalation is pretty broad. It's a pretty broad term there. OK, so. You're you're with this company for five years. You can't get out of the agreement during that five year period. It will automatically renew to you renew unless you do the uh, notice of termination within the window that you're allowed to terminate. And this company can raise prices at least on the face of this at their discretion for a number of different reasons. And if you don't like that. Well, that's something you might as well address with the representative before you sign an agreement like this. Now, what if you do terminate and you in violation of this provision? You just say, hey, stop coming here. We're not going to use you anymore. We're going to use another company. We're going to do something different with this. Well, there's a termination clause in this same paragraph. And it says right here, in the event customer terminates his agreement prior to the expiration term, Or fails to perform any of its obligations under this agreement, this company, without limitation, has all its rights and equity and all everything else, uh, and their liquidated damages that they can charge you under this agreement, equal to 50% of the customer's average monthly charge multiplied by the number of months, including partial months, remaining until the expiration date of the then current term thereof. So let's say you have this five-year agreement and I'm just going to make up some numbers here and you're paying this company $2,000 a month. I don't know what the average is out there that the the folks charge, uh, but I'm just 2000 makes it easy for me (laughs) to do this example. So let's pay your, say you're paying this company $2,000 a month and you have two years left on the deal and you tell them, I don't want to use you anymore. Well, this company under this provision if they enforce this provision could charge you $24,000 as a termination fee, $24,000 as a termination fee, because that's half of your monthly bill your average bill multiplied by the 24 months that are still left on the agreement. In my example, that's a pretty big, that's pretty steep uh, payment to get out of the deal. And if you're not happy with that, again, that's something you want to consider and talk about before you sign the agreement. Um, Another interesting part of this, however, I noted it, is that this company, even though the funeral home in this example, is locked in for five years and can't get out of it until close to the end of the five years and has to be in that window, it says right here that this company shall have the right to terminate this agreement at any time by giving the customer at least 60 days notice in the event it is unable to continue performing its obligations under this agreement, Due to the suspension, revocation, cancellation or termination of any permit required to perform this agreement or in the event that a change in any law or regulation makes it impractical or uneconomical in this company's sole discretion to continue performing this agreement. So if in their sole discretion, there's something out there that makes this uneconomical for them. They can give you 60 days notice and they're out. So you can't get out of it. If it's uneconomical for you, but this company can get out of it if they say that because of those things that I mentioned, it's uneconomical for them. OK, so those are the provisions that are in this. And we've had a couple of funeral homes that were calling up wanting to know, you know, what what you know, is this common is uh, they didn't you know what, what's the deal with This well. Uh, again, in those situations, when you get down to that specific uh, there are a number of circumstances that might involve each individual funeral home. Okay. So can't give out a blanket thing here. But what I can tell you is I did do some research on the internet and not only funeral homes use companies like this, but hospitals, hospices, nursing homes, uh, doctors, dentist offices, many of them use companies like this and it doesn't take much. You can Google it and you can look it up yourself and you will see uh, that there are a number of instances where companies that have provisions like this, have said that they are going to enforce them and that they are going to, if necessary, take their customer to court to get the money that they say they owe them under these uh, early termination fees charges. However, there are also instances, if you do the research, where if the customer complained enough and hard enough, it looks like they waive them. Now that's obviously on a case by case basis. It might depend on what part of the country you're in. It might depend who your representative is. It might depend what their business in the area is, a whole lot of things. Your mileage is going to vary. Can't tell you one way or the other what would happen with you individually on that. But I can tell you that there are some companies, doctors, hospitals, things like that, who have complained about this. And it looks like some of them have gotten them waived by complaining about it. I bet you some of them haven't as well. So the important thing, though, is before you get into this situation, uh, before you sign something, take a look at all of these provisions and. I don't know if you have any bargaining authority with or power with the people that are presenting these to you. But as I always say, you don't get if you don't ask. So if you're signing up with a company, particularly one that you've never dealt with before, and it says that you're locked in for five years. Doesn't hurt to ask the representative to say, well, wait a minute. How about I try you for one year? Let's do a one year deal and I'll see if I like you at the end of this year. And if so, well, then maybe we'll do something more. Okay, but to lock in for five years where it's automatically renewed for five years, you may not like that. And again, it's a business decision. You have to decide whether you like that arrangement or not. But the important thing is whatever your business decision is, I hope you know what the business decision is (laughs) before you get to a problem where you're unhappy with it. So, yes, indeed. Please read all the terms that you sign. Take a look at it. If you don't understand it ask questions, have them spell it out for you. If you don't like it, see if you can change it. Again, you don't get if you don't ask. So that's what the message is for today. Again, check the website if you want to sign up for the convention. We have wonderful speakers coming in for this. Uh, again, the trade show, we're, we're getting calls I had three of them here just uh, a few minutes ago this morning from vendors wanting to sign up to be part of, uh, the exhibit hall. Uh, and so it's going to be a really good time there in St. Charles convention center, right off there off of interstate 70, uh, very close and easy for a lot of people to get to. So we sure hope that we see you all there soon. Last thing, um, just because of a couple phone calls we've gotten this last week or so that maybe has confused people are confused out there and it goes back to this legislation that we've been talking about. And I want to make sure that we get this message out there. Uh, there have been some people apparently that are under the impression that the arts examination will definitely go away. No, not necessarily. We have a couple bills over there that if they were passed, and if they were signed by the governor, would mean that there would be an alternate path that somebody could be, become a funeral director in the state of Missouri uh, by doing the more extensive apprenticeship instead of taking the arts exam. That is what the proposal over there is right now. That has not passed yet. OK, will it get passed? Well, it's hard to say, because as I mentioned last week, there's only been one bill. Look at that. I only, My finger doesn't show up. There we go. One bill. (laughs) Only one bill so far has been passed and we're more than halfway through the session. And very soon their time is going to start getting used up by uh, things like appointment approvals and budgetary uh, requirements that they have to do because they're required by the Constitution to pass a budget and all that stuff. So will that get passed? can't tell you. Uh, Your phone calls and your messages and your emails will help. But we'll have to see whether or not anything gets passed. So don't count on the arts exam going away right now. Even if that bill did get passed, even if that bill was signed by the governor, it wouldn't go in effect until August 28th. So those of you that are facing that between now and then, it won't help you anyway, no matter what anybody does. Also, whether or not any of these bills pass, it does not affect the Missouri law exam. The Missouri law exam is still going to be required for anyone wanting to be a funeral director, embalmer, pre-need agent, or seeking a license by reciprocity. In all of those instances, the Missouri law exam is still going to be required. And we still have the classes on the Missouri law uh, that help people, and not just with the exam, but with the funeral homes, with their business, with knowing how to handle pre-need and all that. Um, the next class that is available will be May. So, if anyone's interested in taking the law exam uh, between now and and then, and they want to uh, learn about Missouri law, of course, our class covers the the broad range of the law in Missouri. Uh, It's not just for the test. It's for people that want to know about Missouri law coming from other states. It's people starting funeral homes, people that just want a refresher course. But, since we cover... (laughs) A great deal of the laws, both state and federal, that apply in Missouri. We do have a lot of people that like to take that class before they take the law exam because uh, we cover so much of the laws. An all-day class starts from nine in the morning, goes till five in the afternoon. And you do have to sign up for it. And we do have a limited number of spaces available. And the next one that will be available is in May. So if you're interested in that, let us know. We'll tell you all the information regarding that. So regardless of whether or not uh, any of these bills regarding the arts exam pass, the Missouri law exam is still going to be required. So that's the news for today. I hope everyone has a wonderful and very safe St. Patrick's Day. Remember, this is a lot of people when uh, times out there that they imbibe a little too much. Uh, Take an Uber, take a cab. If you uh, have anything to drink, literally behind me where I'm speaking right now is the Missouri offices of the Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I used to be the executive director of the Mothers Against Drunk Driving here in the state of Missouri. So it is a uh, important issue to me that we have people out there that are safe, uh, sober if you're driving, don't drink if you're going to drive. Don't drive if you've been drinking. We want everybody to be back here next week. A week from now, we'll have our very next broadcast, unless something strange happens over at the Capitol. So until then, and especially tonight, stay safe.